0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at Joe JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. Make sure you guys are following both of those accounts. going to continue to have content for you guys throughout this offseason and, of course, heading into 2024 as well. Go check out sportsethos.com if you are not somebody who uses social media. Got a lot of fun stuff on there. Our basketball rankings and baseball rankings are live. Excuse me, basketball and hockey rankings are live. Uh, baseball, we're kind of, I'm working on my projections. They'll be out sometime in the winter. Uh, but definitely keep an eye out on sportsethos.com for all that stuff. Now You might be able to hear it in my voice. I'm actually really, really sick. <clears throat> I talked with a couple people within the company about maybe doing this show, hosting it for me as a guest couldn't get anything to work on on last minute um on short notice I should say I I thought yesterday I'd wake up feeling better today than I did and I actually woke up feeling a little bit worse than yesterday so we're going to get through it it's not going to be a long show but I'm not going to sit here and let my iron man streak go to waste when we've done 410 or whatever 15 whatever the number is uh consecutive shows so we're going to keep it going this is essentially you know I can equate it to like a, a hockey player who's played a lot of straight games just coming on for one shift a baseball player who's got a long Ironman streak just playing the first inning or something like that. We're not going to go terribly long today, but I do want to talk a little bit about the playoffs. And I do want to talk about the discourse that I'm hearing around the break between the regular season and the wild card, the division series, and how these teams are treated so poorly and unfairly, uh, the Braves. and I'm just sick of it. I'm really sick of it. The Braves... Are not being hard done by because they had an extra break where they were able to start Spencer Strider in a game against Ranger Suarez. That seems pretty obvious to me, maybe not to some. <clears throat> the Orioles, they lost the game that was started by Kyle Bradish. Kyle Bradish struck out nine batters over four and two thirds. He gave up too many hits for sure, seven hits, but that's baseball, it's the nature of baseball. The Dodgers lost a game started by Clayton Kershaw. They lost rather spectacularly. If you weren't watching that game, there's no need to go back and watch the replay, especially if you're a Kershaw fan or a Dodger fan. It was ugly. It, it, was, it was really, really ugly to watch. But at the end of the day, they got to set themselves up that they had Clayton Kershaw or whoever they wanted facing Merrill Kelly in their first game of the playoffs. It's hard to look at that and say they got screwed, <clears throat> any of these teams, particularly Atlanta. The Atlanta one is the one that really kills me. If you want to argue for reseeding in the playoffs, then I don't have a problem with that. I think there can be some merit. There are certain sports that do it. There are certain sports that don't. I don't really have a big issue with it one way or the other. You play who you play. It's fairly random. I think that's what we have to come back to here. For right or for wrong, the baseball postseason is incredibly random. You think it's random now. I mean, there's more teams in the dance now. But back in the day, it used to be four teams that made the playoffs. You know? it's It's never maybe six, like this is' I'm talking way before my day. <coughs> they have expanded it now, so maybe it's more random in terms of the amount of teams, but there's always been a huge element of luck when it came to the Major League Baseball playoffs. Any playoffs, really, you kind of eliminate that in certain sports. Hockey, you got four, seven game series. you could potentially play 28 playoff games in one year. You know, usually the best team's going to come out on top. NBA is the same thing. The NFL and Major League Baseball. They can be very random. You, you you get randomness, you know, Nick Foles and the Eagles winning a Super Bowl. And you get Cam Newton. I know they were good, but Cam Newton go to the Super Bowl. The Jacksonville Jaguars went to an AFC championship game a couple years ago. It, it, weird stuff happens in the playoffs. It's not always the way that it's supposed to go. Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning lost a lot of times in the playoffs when he probably shouldn't have. That's going outside of, of baseball here, but... We have a lot of examples, especially in those two sports, of things not always working out the way they're supposed to in the playoffs. If the playoffs were just simply the best team wins every year, then we shouldn't have playoffs, and we should just award the title of the regular season champion. The NHL has a trophy called the President's Trophy, unless they've changed the name of it by now, and it awards the team that had the best record in the regular season, or the most points in the regular season. There's an argument to be made that there should be some kind of celebration of the team that has the best record throughout 162 games. It's a long accomplishment. But at the end of the day, this is the game we play, right? We can't look at it and see things that we don't like and think, nah, you know that's, that, that can't work. I've seen a lot of articles. There's one that was written by Ken Rosenthal recently that everybody's kind of been pointing to to say, this is just the big team's whining because they're never going to be happy unless they get what they want. You know, The Braves lost last year in the division series as well to these same Phillies. Another year where they were an amazing team and probably shouldn't have lost to the Phillies. Now, we're one game into the series here. I have no idea what's going to happen. But I don't think that anything should be changed here. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. I, re- I really am not feeling well today. I don't think anything, anything should be changed here, regardless of who wins these series. For, the, for Major League Baseball's sake, I kind of hope that we have the Diamondbacks, the Phillies, the Twins, and the Orioles, just because I don't think that they should be rewarded in any way. That's kind of a side note. But it doesn't matter who wins, because that is what we have signed up for as fans of the sport. It's just what it is. I'm a Blue Jay fan. We didn't get to throw Chris Bassett at all in the playoffs, one of the most consistent regular season pitchers the whole year. He threw 200 innings, very short list of guys to get there, very consistent, very solid, and all the rest of it. And he didn't get to throw a single pitch in the postseason. Where's the justice in that? It's just the nature of the game. It's what we've done. It's with the wild card format. It's the way that the game is currently set up. But I think that when we start going down this road of, oh, it's a result we don't like here. Uh, after the first week <clears throat> of the playoffs, you know, sorry, we, we have to revert this back so that the good teams are always winning. That's when people will start to take your product less seriously. The randomness of the playoffs, you know, the Washington Nationals sneaking in on the last day of the regular season, winning the wild card series against the Brewers, going all the way to the World Series a few years ago, those kind of stories are why people tune in every year. If, if you tuned in every single season – and it was always the top tier teams, the Dodgers and the Braves and you know, usually the Yankees and those teams always just alternating World Series every year. It would be kind of boring. It's kind of why I got a little bit bored of the NBA, to be honest with you. It was just alternating every year between the LeBron team and the Curry team and the Durant team. It's like, I'd like to see some parity. I'd like to see some parity. And this is what we have in baseball. We have parity across the league because partly this format allows some randomness. And randomness and parity are kind of closely related when it comes to this kind of thing. It's not going to be the best teams winning every year because of the fact that there are short playoff series in baseball. Unless you want to have seven-game series in every round, (coughs) you could make the argument, but I think the way they have it is probably fine. I I really don't have anything terribly wrong with it. Unless you want to, say, make it a one-game playoff instead of a two best-of-three. I'd be fine with that because that is, I don't know, the team that has won the first game in the last couple of years has won like seven of eight series so i don't really have a problem with making it a winner take all one game like it was for a few years there um but i just hate the complaining that we're seeing everywhere it's all that anybody's talking about and i guess i'm adding to that by talking about it myself but i think all the takes a lot of the takes i'm seeing are pretty irresponsible change the format because the braves lost game one what the hell are we doing here strider threw a great game suarez and the bullpen were just better for the phillies simply all there is they shut out atlanta's offense which hadn't been shut out since may I think it might have been the Jays that did it last time they got shut out, but they're not – we can't look at the situation and change rules because of it. I think it's really, really, really ridiculous. Just want to quickly recap as well uh, what happened over the weekend. So as – where we stand right now, the Rangers are up 2-0. That series looks pretty much done. I thought the Orioles were going to come out on top. I really didn't think we'd see the Rangers – actually be able to string together good enough pitching performances from their team that they'd be able to, to get bar, or get, get by this far. Andrew Heaney on uh, the first game, three and two-thirds, allowed one run, followed up by Dane Dunning, two innings, another run, and then we got scoreless innings and partial innings from Smith, Spores, um, Chapman, and LeClerc. They were very good. The, the pitching was very good, and I didn't expect it to be, and that's why I picked Baltimore going into the series. The home field, the relative wash, that is the pitching, I picked them, but Texas's bats have really picked it up in the playoffs, and they've been scoring a lot of runs. You can't really do anything about that. I mean, they only had three in game one, but they went out and scored 11 in game two. Evan Carter has been absolutely ridiculous in the playoffs. Like, he gets on base, it seems, every at-bat. He's had 17 plate appearances, which is only 10 at-bats because he has walked six times. He's stolen a base, hit a home run. Been hit by a pitch as well. His OPS in the playoffs, yes, it's only four games. is 1,800. <coughs> He's slugging 1,100 in the playoffs. So when you get those kind of contributions from Carter, you get the grand slam from Mitch Garver. It's a one through nine lineup. It's a very solid lineup. The Orioles, they just haven't been, it seems, prepared enough, specifically on the pitching side, which was a worry coming in. We kind of knew that their pitching was not a tier. Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez is really solid, but also guys with zero playoff experience. So you can't exactly know what you're going to get out of them. You don't know what you're going to get out of anybody in the playoffs, but let alone guys who are fairly young with no experience, they got taken advantage of by a more experienced lineup. It happens. I don't think the Baltimore is going to be able to come back. They have to win three in a row, two of them on the road. I don't think it's going to happen here. Twins and Astros, I still think the Astros are going to pull it out. They got kind of a bad outing yesterday from Framer Valdez. He allowed five earned runs, walked three batters. It was really because Pablo Lopez was so dominant. Seven innings pitched, seven strikeouts. I really recommend going on YouTube or Twitter or whatever and finding the interview he did mid-game, which was really, really insightful from the dugout. He's only talking about his teammates, pretty much. It's a breath of fresh air to listen to Pablo Lopez talk. He also did an interview with Rob Friedman, Pitching Ninja, that you can find uh, on Twitter, probably on YouTube as well. Definitely worth checking out. Pablo Lopez is an incredible pitcher and incredible human, it sounds like, as well. Uh, Definitely somebody to root for. They just had good pitching, and they've had timely hits. Royce Lewis has been very good. Carlos Correa came to life yesterday. Three hits, three RBIs. He also drew a walk, and he made an incredible play to end the game uh, against his counterpart, the guy that replaced him in Jeremy Pena. Really exceptional play, exceptional narrative as well. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. We're going to wrap this one up pretty soon. <clears throat> but I think the Astros are still going to come out on top just because in a series, yes, in a, in a three-game wildcard series, it can be kind of random. Even when you're talking about five games, I find it a playoff sense. The team that is A, better, and B, more experienced usually does come out on top. This Astros team is chock full of playoff experience. This Twins team is not. That's kind of what I'm breaking it down to. The Twins are also inferior talent-wise, but I think that you have to go with the Astros just based on the experience level and the fact that every single year uh, they get there. Now, I alluded to the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw. My only real question is, now, they've said that Kershaw is scheduled to pitch in game four of the series. Should it get to game four, then he will be pitching, and that would be on, I guess, Thursday? Yeah, it would be Thursday. So he'd have a decent bit of rest, you know, usual regular rest. Actually, an extra day on top of that, too. My question is, first of all, are the Dodgers going to get there? Because the rest of their pitching is kind of depleted. You're going to see the Diamondbacks tonight, I believe, throw out Zach Gallon there against Bobby Miller. So it could very easily be 2-0 here going back to Arizona. No one would be surprised. Uh, I, I don't know that Kershaw is really right enough to be pitching in the series. Down the stretch, the results were pretty good. He was able to get by, but the underlying metrics were really bad. He was walking a lot of batters. We've talked about that a lot on the show. Double-digit, not double-digit, but multiple walks every single game from Kershaw. Two, three, five, two, three. It was a lot. So there's definitely some concern. No one thought it would be that bad. It was probably the worst outing of his entire career. I just wonder if that's the last we'll potentially see of him. If the Dodgers do happen to get swept and Kershaw goes into the offseason, maybe he doesn't try and come back for another year. Maybe he just kind of rides off into the sunset at that point. It would be terrible to have our last memory of him be that absolute stinker. But there's a chance we have to kind of think about we might not see Clayton Kershaw again. I don't know for sure what's going to happen here. I don't know that the Dodgers have the depth pitching-wise to actually stick around the next couple of games against Zach Allen and probably Brandon Fott. I don't know that they are going to be able to do that with Bobby Miller, and I don't even know who they were going to throw in the next game because they used Emmett Sheehan for like a good chunk. Maybe they, maybe he'll be all right to go uh, for Game 3, but they're not looking good. They're really not uh, in a great position. No Walker Buehler, no Urias. No, there's no depth in that pitching staff, no Gonsolin. There's just a, a lot of pieces missing from the last couple of years, specifically this year. And I just, I don't, I really don't know what's going to happen. I picked them coming in as of right now. I really don't know. I'd probably be leaning Diamondbacks. The Phillies and Braves is also interesting. You know, people talk about how the Braves have no pitching. Well, they're throwing Max Fried tonight. The way that the off days have worked in this series, could hypothetically throw Strider in game three if they wanted to. If they're down to nothing, it'll be Wednesday. The last time Strider will have pitched is Saturday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I mean, you could do it. You you could absolutely do it if it comes down to it, and I think they will. <coughs> are you going to throw Strider on short rest with the season on the line, potentially, or are you going to throw, like, A.J. smith Shaver or, or have some bullpen day or whatever? I think it would potentially be Strider again. I don't know um, what to really expect here because I think the teams are, it's going to sound kind of crazy, but generally pretty evenly matched offensively. The Braves are stupid offensively, yes, but we're talking about a Phillies team that has Trey Turner, Castellanos, Schwarber, Stott, Baumrill, Mudo, Harper—ridiculous depth as well. So it's kind of a wash. The pitching at this point would favor the, uh, the Phillies. They used neither of their two best pitchers in Game One and still came out with the victory. So they're in a position where they can use Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola for these next couple of games and. You know, it wouldn't shock me if they come out on top. I do think the Braves will get to one or the other. I don't think they're both going to go out there and throw absolute gems. <clears throat> it's, potent- it's possible. But I think the Braves lineup will eventually pick it up. And we'll probably see this game go to five, uh, The series go to five games. That's what my expectation is. It's really tough to figure out. Zach Whitley looked really good in his first start of the playoffs. six and two thirds, one run, eight strikeouts. Like, he was dominant. Going to be a lot trickier to do that against the Braves than it was against the Marlins. So we'll have to see where that one goes. <clears throat> but I'm going to wrap it up there. My throat is absolutely killing me. I need to go get some tea. I just wanted to get behind the mic for at least some stretch today, uh, just to talk a little bit of baseball, because that's kind of the routine. I'm kind of used to it. If I don't do it, I feel strange. So I appreciate you guys who have stuck it out through the bad audio, the bad voice. Uh, reach out over on Twitter at ShowRico 99 Also at Ethos Fantasy BB. That's where we post all of our new podcasts, articles, news, and notes, and everything else we got going. And, of course, sportsethos.com is the place to find it all right from the source. But until tomorrow, guys, take care, have a great night, and cheers.